You are live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Andy Barrar. Got a, a fun show for you today. Of course, we'll be going open line later on in the program. Be looking at a few uh, tech stories out there. Uh, Rogers launching uh, Sportsnet now uh, online. You don't have to have uh, a cable TV package, so we'll uh, get into that. Uh, an April Fool's prank gone wrong for Google <laughs> as well, which uh, uh, we'll chat uh, about uh, a little later. And uh, the latest in... Uh, Printer technology, a, a kind of an interesting, cool new way uh, that HP has developed to uh, print pages out. So uh, we'll uh, get the lowdown on that too. But I think the big tech story this week actually involves cars. Mm -hmm. uh, Tesla announced their new Model Three. On the line right now, we've uh, got one of our uh, our friends who's uh, into tech and auto reviews, uh, Akash Sablak. He's uh, joining us. Thanks uh, for coming on the show. Hey, good morning, Mike. Good morning, Andy. So uh, Tesla finally has unveiled uh, the new Model 3 uh, car. Uh, for the past few years, they've uh, been uh, moving uh, their Model S uh, and I think the Model X. Uh, beautiful electric cars, fully electric, um, lots of range, but stupid expensive. Yeah, like very, over, very expensive. Over 100 grand. So this is the first time that uh, Tesla has announced uh, a car that could be affordable to many. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I, the funny thing is, is just a few years ago, I remember standing in line for a, a phone that was a computer. Now people are standing in line for a car that is essentially a computer with four <laughs> wheels, you know? So there seems to be a trend here of, uh, of hot popular tech items. Absolutely. Now, this is a vehicle that's come out that's going to break the pr price, price barrier for, for these types of vehicles. And Tesla has done a great job in the premium space of selling vehicles 100,000 plus. I mean, if you spec out a P90D, you're at about 180,000 Canadian for this vehicle. 180,000. 180. I know I've done it, and there was a bit of a sticker shock. I had to turn my computer off. But now, <laughs> when you when you look at this vehicle here, the Model Three, and the rumor was, and I'll explain that to you later, the rumor was it was supposed to be called the Model E, but I think I don't think they wanted an X, an S, and an E. I'll let you figure that out. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> now what they've done is they've they've priced it at 35,000 US. Now, that is no base model because it includes almost all their gizmos and gadgets in this vehicle. That's not bad, yeah, because that's the one thing I was wondering about. Uh, because like you said, when you start pricing out the Model S with you know, stuff that you want in it, uh, it's like gets crazy expensive fast. Uh, so I was kind of wondering, like, what are some of the base features that are going to be included in this? Well, you're going to get a 15-inch screen. The, the, the Model S has a 17-inch screen that's, that's portrait. This is going to be landscape. You've got a 15-inch screen. The rumor is it's an LG screen. We'll, we'll see what happens when production comes out at the end of next year. Um, you're going to get the semi-autonomous driving, so the, the lane correction, the moving, the, the automatic braking, which is actually mandated for all vehicles by the year 2020. So this will beat that by about three years. And, of course, all the other gadgets, you know, it's a touch everything, the touch door handles, and, and uh, a lot of space because, really, there's no mechanical parts that are intruding into, your, into the cabin. The um, yeah the one thing uh, the autonomous uh, driving uh, the autopilot the autopilot option which is uh, I think several thousand dollars if you want to enable it on the higher end model uh, that's to be included on this one that, exactly this is going to be it's going to be included in the base model and all three versions that they they have coming out and the cool thing is is that if you don't get it now and there's some features that come in. How cool is it your car is going to do a software update? Like, I don't know, my vehicle currently doesn't do that, and, you know, my phone barely does that. I mean, now these are going to be doing automatic updates in a car. So what do you think? Like, 
people have been pre-ordering these. We saw the lineups outside of Tesla stores, which still baffles me when you can actually pre-order it online. Um, you have to drop a thousand dollars to uh, get your name on uh, the wait list. They say that they're going to come out with these things uh, at the end of 2017. Uh, from what I've been reading, 200,000 pre-orders uh, have already been booked. You think they'll be able to deliver on time? No, I don't. I think initially what they're going to do is they're going to roll it out here in North America, the U.S. first, of course, and then Canada, and then other countries. They're going to give priority to current Tesla owners. So you might have your deposit in there and you've got your name on the reservation list, but if there's somebody, there's two people side by side and one already has a Tesla, they are going to give preference to current Tesla owners. Um, yeah, and uh, so that $1,000 just gets, guarantees your name on the list. It doesn't guarantee when you're going to get your vehicle, um, but it also, it's, it's no guarantee of which one you're going to get. So when the orders start coming through or when the vehicles are ready for delivery, you'll go online, you'll choose the vehicle you want with the options you want, and then they'll apply that $1,000 deposit towards it. And, you know, at that time, if you don't want it, you can change your mind, and, and they'll give you your money back. Akash, the big issue with the electric vehicles, uh, just as an industry whole, has been range anxiety. People are always worried, you know, can I get from point A to point B without a charge? How does this fix that whole situation, the whole range anxiety issue that most people have with electric vehicles? You know, range anxiety is real. I felt it myself driving from, from Vancouver to Whistler. And, you know, you touch on a good point because that is a hindrance for a lot of people to purchase an electric vehicle. In a situation like this where the entire industry is getting better, the lithium-ion batteries are getting more efficient, they're lighter, they're getting more economical, they're lasting longer, this particular vehicle will come with an eight-year warranty on the batteries themselves and four-year on the car. But what happens after eight years? Are you spending $10,000, $15,000 on a battery pack? And that could very well be the case. But what's going to happen over the next course of the time is you're supposed to get about 215 miles on this, so about 350, 360 kilometers on it. However, that's all going to depend on what your driving style is. And, you know, purchasing a vehicle like this is a lifestyle choice. So if you live in the city, you live downtown, or your commute is very short, the average commute for a person is 17 to 27 kilometers a day, you should get about 10 days out of this. If your commute is a little bit longer, you've got highways, you've got hills that you have to, to conquer, those things will affect your range. And uh, so it is a lifestyle choice. But having said that, the superchargers are going to be you know, uh, installed over the province and over uh, the neighboring states, and that will definitely help. So talking about those supercharger stations, uh, essentially those are kind of like gas stations for electric cars, and specifically in this case the, uh, the Tesla cars. So I know they have one uh, up uh, in Whistler, and they're building them all over uh, in different cities and between cities. Um, you know, will that be enough? It will in a sense that if you if you plan your trip properly, I mean, even now if you're on or on a highway, you, you know that, hey, last gas station for another 150 kilometers, you better fill up. It's it's going to be that situation. So there's one in Squamish, and, you know, I've, I've tested vehicles up to Squamish, and you pull over in a Tesla, and you go in, into the, the coffee shop, and you grab your, uh, your coffee, and you're in there for 10, 15 minutes. You've got a 70% charge. The current Model S will give you, in half an hour, will give you an 80% charge on the supercharger, and I'm, I'm assuming that... The new Model 3 will be pretty much a full charge in 30 minutes. So the end of 2017, that's when uh, they're hoping that they can start delivering these things. Uh, from what we've seen so far, they've missed every production deadline. So uh, it's, it's highly likely it'll probably drift into 2018 at least. Uh, but, you know, they have competition now. Um, you know, Chevy's got uh, their electric car that will actually uh, start uh, delivering uh, almost a year sooner than that. 
Absolutely. They had the uh, the Volt for the longest time. They've got the Bolt coming out, which is a smaller vehicle. And you have other competitors. Uh, BMW's i division has done a fantastic job of bringing the technology to almost mainstream cars. I mean, they're a little bit cool, a little bit quirky, but they're fun. The i8 is their supercar, which, you know, competes with Porsche 911 and other vehicles in that range, but it's, it's, it's a hybrid. And uh, you're going to start seeing that where more mainstream cars will have this, this type of engine where it's a pure electric drivetrain, but they might have a, a small gasoline engine as an assist just to increase the range. That's what I find really interesting about this whole car industry. Tesla just like entered this market, and you have guys that, like players like BMW have been in it for years, and yet Tesla's really kind of changing the whole landscape of the auto industry, and a lot of these other companies are trying to catch up now. I, you know, I think the problem, uh, and Akash should probably agree, uh, you know, when you're in an established industry, to make that much of a dramatic yeah. change, uh, it's it's kind of hard to, you know, steer that ship in a different uh, direction. And that's why we get the disruptors uh, like the Amazons of the world, for example, uh, in e-commerce, where they basically come out of nowhere and turn the whole world around. Whereas, like, if a Sears tried to do that, it's much more difficult. Absolutely, Mike. It's it's they're they're keeping they're trying to keep their core audience happy, which is really important. But at the same time, now the companies are starting to push the envelope, and I, I'm glad that somebody like Tesla's around here because it breeds that competition and that innovation. And you know what? As a consumer, we win. They've built that giant uh, battery factory down in Nevada. They call the it Giga the Giga factory. factory. Yeah, five billion dollars to build that thing. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be one of the largest buildings in the world from uh, a square footage uh, standpoint, uh, which I, I find amazing. But, uh, you know, I mean, there's so many factors involved in getting this this new car mass-produced, right? Yeah. They've got to be able to actually get all the different parts. And, of course, one uh, critical component are the batteries. Will this factory be up and running in enough time to punch out 200,000 orders that they've got? Well, that's the thing. The, the The factory itself is one part of the process, and you've got the final assembly in Fremont, California, so here's this entire new industry that's had to be created to make it as efficient as possible. I mean, you could go ahead and what, what Tesla originally did was take a Lotus. At a Lotus land, they would throw in a bunch of cell phone batteries into. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it was. They would just stack a bunch of cell phone batteries, and, and the vehicle was fast, and it was great, but it was so expensive. And it's that production, it's the, the volume that they're trying to, to get the pricing down just to be able to do this. I mean, Tesla could not bring out the Model 3 initially. It just wouldn't have worked for them financially. And I think even on the Model S right now, they actually lose money on each one. So as time goes by and as more people are coming into the space, it's going to get easier. And and the hopes, I think, is for them is that the Gigafactory will supply the other manufacturers as well. I know that Tesla and Mercedes have been working together for the powertrains. We've been talking with uh, Akash Sablak, a tech and audio reviewer. Where can people find out more about you, Akash? Uh, you can go to my website, and now you know.net. Fantastic. Thanks again for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. We're going to have to take a break. When we come back, uh, we're going to be talking uh, with the folks over at uh, Hewlett Packard. They've got an entirely new type of printing technology that uh, will change the way a lot of businesses print. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here in the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Andy Barrar. Interesting uh, stuff in the news here this week. Uh, obviously, April Fools, a lot of uh, pranks. Google always tries to do some type of April Fools uh, prank or, or joke. Uh, this year, uh, kind of backfired on them. Uh, they uh, did something through their Gmail, uh, which millions of people use, uh, and uh, they did it in conjunction with the Minions. You know those little cartoon characters mm-hmm. from the Despicable Me 
uh, movie series, and also they have their own movie series now. Uh, they actually had uh, added a little button on your uh, your email, your Gmail. So you could send a regular email or you could add a minion. Yeah. And so essentially if you did that, it uh, would send uh, the email with uh, a little animated uh, minion dropping a microphone. And then basically no one would be able to respond to it, right? Because when you drop the mic, you're out. Yes. Basically like the mic drop, they always call that. Yes. So they thought it would be funny to incorporate that it backfired, and it backfired badly. A lot of people, by accident, added that to emails. Yeah. And they were sending it, like, say your employer. Like, there was one journalist who had to do some corrections for an article. Yeah. And so his editor had emailed him and said, you know, make these things. And then all she could get is a mic drop. <laughs> lost that, that person lost the job. And so he went and then... Like emailed Google going, I just lost my job because of your little prank. Yeah. And it happened to a lot of different people where they didn't inadvertently did that. And so Google had to basically recognize that they made a mistake. Interesting uh, stuff. I wonder what's going to happen next year. Exactly. <laughs> More conservative, I think. Well, uh, as far as technology goes, I, I think uh, most of us use uh, printers on a regular basis, whether that's home or uh, in the office for business. Uh, obviously, printer technology advances, and uh, today we've uh, on the line got uh, our friend Stephanie Sextus. She's a national business development uh, manager over at uh, HP. Thanks for joining us, Stephanie. No problem. Thank you for having me. So we wanted to get you on the line because uh, I came across uh, kind of this new printer you guys have uh, come out with called HP PageWide, uh, and and this is kind of interesting. Uh, and if I can explain this properly, and you can probably correct me. Um, how this thing prints is essentially uh, it doesn't have a moving print head. Uh, basically, uh, as the paper is fed through, it prints the entire page like line by line. Yes, it definitely does. So, if you uh, if you don't mind, I just want to take a step back and explain how this PageWide technology came about and sure. what we're uh, launching the, right now in the spring timeframe. So PageWide actually started about 10 years ago, HP. What we did was we challenged the notion, you know, like why do we have to compromise speed for quality? And we wanted to come up with a solution that can address that. And so in, in about, in, I think it was 2006, we uh, launched this um, uh, photo kiosk. It started off with that. And then in 2010, you know, we kept reinventing and coming up with different prototypes. In 2010, we launched a web press machine. And this is, uh, we have about 100 of them installed across, um, across the world, and we have 4 billion pages that print on it in every month. And so exactly what you sh- said earlier, PageWide technology, basically, it's a print head that spans the width of the paper and prints across any width at a single paper pass. So traditionally, on the inkjet portfolio, you have that print head that moves side to side. Now we have a stationary print bar. And so we're rebrand, we're calling this uh, print technology page wide. And so, like I mentioned, we have the web press machine, and we have large format printing in our design jet portfolio, and even in the upcoming near future, in our 3D jet fusion devices, it's going to em- encompass this page wide technology. And today, what I'm here to talk to you about is our spring launch of our page wide business class of printers. And so what are, what are some of the key advantages to having this technology in the printer for a business? Yes, for sure. So 
Because of the simple architectural design of these devices, you can see the best-in-class total cost of ownership for professional color printing. So definitely I recommend these devices for color printing because that's where you're going to see the most uh, benefits. It starts actually um, from our customers. They've been asking us for cost efficiencies, increased productivity, and we're seeing more and more customers shifting to print and color. So we came up with this device for the business environment because it gives the best-in-class total cost of ownership, and then it gives super-fast speeds. So the speeds are up to 75 pages per minute, which is fantastic for this class of business printer. And then, of course, because um, there's no fusers, no moving parts in this device, you're going to get the best-in-class environmental friendliness. It actually saves up to 84% in energy savings than compared to laser devices. Obviously great for business. 75 pages a minute, that's like smoking yeah. fast. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. Yeah, super fast, yeah. So obviously uh, great in any business, uh, you know, like a law firm or accounting firm, where you're spitting out like tons yeah. uh, tons of documents. Wow. Yeah, so I want to uh, clarify. So with these business class of printers, we have a PageWide Pro device, mainly for a small, medium business. We're going to have a SKU that it plays in the retail space as well or the office home office environment. And then, like you mentioned, for the enterprise customers, we're going to have a page-wide enterprise device. So it has the increased manageability and security features that you're looking for. Well, Stephanie, uh, sounds like uh, some exciting technology. Where can people find out more information about this? So people, we have tons of YouTube videos if you'd like to look at our HP main page. Also at hp.ca slash page-wide, you can get all the information of our page-wide umbrella. And uh, super exciting, so I want everyone to uh, take a look at it and see if it, it suits for their office needs. That was Stephanie Sextus, National Business Manager over at uh, HP, talking about the page-wide printers. Uh, you'll be seeing these coming up on our TV show as well, and we'll be uh, giving them a run-through. When we come back, we'll take your calls. We're going open lines, 604-280-9898 here on Get Connected. You're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Andy Brar. Uh, what we're going to do now is open up the phone lines. We'll take your tech calls and questions. If you have any, any challenges, uh, we can help you out with that, with your smartphone, computers, home media stuff. I'd, I'd love to hear from somebody that put that $1,000 deposit for the Tesla. Down on the Tesla. Yeah, yeah that, would be, interesting that would be really well. interesting to get some people's thoughts. If you did, do call us and let us know what you think about it. 604-280-9898. And if you're phoning anywhere uh, in North America, there's a toll-free number for you as well. It's one 877 Another super interesting uh, story that came across my desk uh, this week, uh, Andy. Rogers is launching uh, Sportsnet Now, uh, their TV channel, their sports channel, uh, directly to anyone that has a streaming device, whether that's a smartphone or computer. They don't have to have a cable package. They think, can just buy that channel. Think like Netflix for sports. Yes. That's basically what you're talking about. 25 bucks a month. Uh, it's quite expensive when yeah. you think of the price point. But people love sports. sports. That's yeah. kind of one of the things keeping cable TV live right now. Well, and that's the, that's why this is such a big deal. Yeah. Because now you're detaching sports, which is the one thing that keeps people. There's two things, really. Sports and, I guess, news. Yes. And that's why you still need a traditional television and cable yeah, subscription. Because you part. want the live aspect of that. But now they're detaching that, and you can get it as a standalone. And they're doing this because it's an industry thing. You know, HBO has done it uh, with, with you can now get HBO as an app and get all that content on a subscription. But this is the first time any 
major sports network has done this in North America. So they beat ESPN. They're, they're the first to do this. So what's, from what I understand, uh, there's three different types of sports right now, major ones, NHL games, yeah. uh, NBA, basketball games, and Major League Baseball as well. Not NFL yet. They're working on it. Yeah. Uh, NFL gets huge ratings for television. So uh, you're a big sports guy. Yeah. Do you have cable TV? No. 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 So how do you get your sports? <laughs> oh, we don't want to know. No. Well, well no. <laughs> there's there's other ways. Yeah. Uh, but that what I've what's happened is I don't actually watch games anymore. I just get highlights on my phone. So rather than having to watch like say a Canucks game, yeah, I just get the like a three minute video of all the highlights and that's it. So I'm not even watching. And a lot of people, especially in the millennials aren't sitting down and watching sports because they're multitasking. They're on their phones. They're doing all these other things rather than just watch sports. What's really bad is because we know that Rogers purchased the rights for the NHL. Yes. There is no Canadian team that's going to make the playoffs this year. Yeah, that's not good. And so there's going to be no viewership. So what yeah. they had to do is find out different ways to you know, leverage and monetize their sports assets. And with the Blue Jays, and they had a great run last year, they're kind of putting this just before that season starts. And the other question is, what about 4K? Are you going to get streaming 4K um, sports? I, I doubt it out of the gate. But um, it, it's interesting. Is this going to hurt their cable TV business? Yeah. Will it? I don't know. Yeah. It's a risk. It's but a risk that they're taking. at the same time, they have to do it, right? Because yeah. the world of TV is, is changing. And I just wonder, like, is this just going to totally fragment everything now? Do you think? Yeah, well, like, like, like we said, that's one of the last reasons why you keep a cable subscription is to watch sports. Now you don't have to do that. I think what they're really doing is trying to target the people that don't have traditional cable, guys like myself. Yeah, but what does this mean for the other cable providers? So Rogers, they own, like, sports. Yeah. They own the channel, right? They've got the rights to NHL games. What does that do uh, to Shaw and TELUS and Bell? Mm-hmm. It's uh, right. The, well, the landscape, and we because if you're a sports guy and you just care about sports, yeah, and you're a Bell subscriber, for example, for cable TV, you might not care anymore. You'll just get the sports app. But if you if you have a uh, a cable subscription, you could watch Sportsnet or you can channel surf and jump onto TSN. So you're making yeah, but a, eventually, a big commitment. I know to one property. Yeah, but eventually, you know, the other TSN and all those will be available as well. They've got to be right. Well, they'll they'll have to respond. Yeah. And but it's just it's funny how things have changed. You know, the Netflix of the world just changed everything. And that's why they have like Crave TV and there's Show Me, all these other streaming services. So this is just another addition on their sports assets. But that's, again, tough. Like Show Me, uh, owned by Rogers and, and Shaw. Uh, great service. Um, but. You know, as things again get fragmented, and you see what's happening with Netflix now, right? They're uh, producing a lot of their own content now because yeah. they know it's going to be harder and harder for them to buy content because most of these big studios will want to create their own app, like HBO has, right? Yes, exactly. And but Netflix, the way they do it is so brilliant because they understand people's uh, habits. They're looking at algorithms and they'll reverse engineer shows based on people's viewing habits. Like House of Cards, we were saying this. I talked to a guy at Netflix. He's like, we knew House of Cards was going to be a hit even before we even started producing it. He goes, because we did research and we found that people who watch Kevin Spacey movies also watch political dramas. Yeah. So they said, what if we put Kevin Spacey in a political drama? Then they got some Hollywood writers, some big names, created it, and it worked. They reverse engineered based on people's 
viewing habits. And so it's very hard to compete with the likes of Netflix when they have that kind of data to build shows from. Going to have to take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll take your call, 604-280-9898. You're listening to Get Connected, uh, your favorite tech show. We'll take any uh, uh, tech issues you have or if you need some buying advice, uh, we can help you with that as well. Again, 604-280-9898. Alan, hang on the line. We'll get to you first. You're back with Get Connected. Mike and Andy here. We're taking your calls. Going open line, taking any tech questions, 604-280-9898. Also, uh, toll-free number if you're phoning anywhere in North America, 1-877-399-9898. We're going to jump here to Alan out of Montreal. How you doing, Alan? Uh, it's my name's Al. Not, my, not Alan, but it's Al. Okay. Hey, Al. Yeah, not too bad. I was just calling to find out about the HD radio that you guys have up there in uh, Vancouver on the uh, CKNW. Yeah. How, how does that exactly work? Does it work sort of like the HDTV? Because um, I've just gotten rid of all my cable, and I just get my stuff over the airwaves, and I get a fantastic picture. Yeah. And, no. I'm, not, and I'm not complaining. I'm not really <laughs> complaining. It's fantastic, you know? Yeah, no, it's a, a great question. So, um, you know, uh, it, it's interesting. Uh, HD radio has been around for a few years now, and more and more radio stations are actually broadcasting. And essentially what's happening is uh, it's piggybacking uh, a digital signal on top of the analog signal that's being broadcast out. So a lot of these uh, radio stations are simulcasting uh, you know their, their feed, essentially. So uh, the thing is you have to have some type of HD radio receiver. Yeah. And so you know the, the great thing is... Uh, most new cars are having that built in now into their car radios, uh, so you'll be able to pick up HD radio signals there. Nice thing is there's no subscription fees or anything like that, like satellite radio. Uh, but you know, in your home, you'd have to have some type of uh, HD receiver as well. Yeah, and you can purchase those. I don't think a lot of people um, are, are very familiar with HD radio, but essentially, like what you were saying, Mike, it's broadcasting a digital signal over traditional radio frequencies. Exactly. So it's not uh, it's not related to high definition television, uh, but I think they're trying to you know make the. Uh, uh, the case that it is a, a higher quality signal, being digital, of course, uh, you know they are able to do things like 5.1 audio, you know, kind of surround audio and and, and what have you. So it, it is beautiful. The sound is is fantastic. There's no question. But uh, you definitely have to have the gear to actually to get it. Yeah, and most most cars now, if you buy a newer car, it's going to have an HD radio receiver built into it. Yeah, and so with if you check your manual, you should be able to figure out how to basically enable it, and then you can actually set presets. So you could have like this station, you could set it a preset so that you always have easy access to it when you're on the road. Yeah, and it's it's interesting too, from what I understand, um, the HD radio standards aren't the same throughout the world either. So, you know, if you get uh, a receiver here, it might not necessarily work over in Europe, for example. So something to... Uh, so you would want to buy it within your respective country. Exactly, to get it exactly. Working. But I, it's kind of cool, you know, and if you don't have it right now, uh, you know, I use the uh, the Chorus radio app all the time as well on my iPhone, uh, because unfortunately my uh, truck doesn't have an HD radio uh, in it. And sometimes when I'm driving downtown, uh, the signal's not as good, so I uh, basically turn on the app and I get you know, a crystal clear feed, which is fantastic. I've always wondered, though, on the app, how much data is it using? Because it's just like... You know, simple audio. Is it compressed? But the, the quality is, it, is great. The quality is fantastic. It's not using up huge amounts. Uh, so, you know, something obviously we can look into just mm -hmm. to get a, a general idea on that. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, kind of an interesting thing with radio. I know over in Norway, um, all radio over there has to be digital now. Really? Yeah. So you can't get over-the-air analog 
signals anymore. So all those frequencies that people have been using for all these years, yeah, like just not using anymore. Yeah. So uh, the government mandated that every everyone had to move over to uh, to digital on that, which was kind of that is, that is interesting. Of I think, but that's time. not that's not happening here in North America anytime soon. There's mm-hmm. there hasn't been anything that I've seen that any uh, you know CRTC or FTC want to mandate that because I just think there's just too many analog stations out there. There is, yeah. So kind of interesting. Taking your calls here and get connected, 604-280-9898. So we're going to jump here to Peter. Hey, Peter. Hey, good morning. Good morning. I have a follow-up on the uh, HD radio. I actually set out to have to buy a new car, and yep. uh, I set out to buy one with HD, and it was advertised as such, both the manufacturer and the salespeople. But come getting it home, it turns out there's no HD radio. Oh, really? It turns out to be a, a mistaken uh, ad campaign by Honda. Oh, oh, interesting. No, it, it is interesting. I, I know I looked at some, uh, I forget, it was one of the U.S. manufacturers. Uh, they said that they had HD radio uh, in their vehicles, but it depended which package you got. Like some of the lower-end packages had the yep. base the base model radio in there that yep, didn't no, have HD. No argument, and I, I specifically set out to get the one with the HD package. Yeah, and now and you still, don't. Still didn't, still didn't have it. Yeah. Uh, the, the manufacturer... Uh, offered to take the car back, but I yeah. haven't settled on that yet. No, that's a uh, shame. You've got to watch out for that, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, that aside, I, th- I think NW is going about it the wrong way. It's just too complicated to get it by having to click through an FM channel and then grab it from there. It's just it's just too complex for most people. Yeah, that's why you would want to do it once and you kind of basically set it as a yep. preset because it is a little bit complicated. You have to go and tune into the FM band and then you have to yep. like wait about 8 to 10 seconds for the HD radio to kick in. So, it's it's not like it's 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 a little bit complicated, but if you take the time to do it and set it as a preset, then you don't have to worry about it yeah. later yep, on. Yeah, for sure, for sure. No, that's uh, that's great feedback, Peter. Thanks for calling in. Thank you. We're going to have to take a break again. Uh, when we come back, we'll take a, a few more of your calls. Marnie, uh, hang on the line. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here in the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike and Andy here. We're going to take a couple more calls, taking your tech questions. We've got uh, Marnie on the line. Hey, Marnie. Hi. 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 Can you tell me how those um, HD devices and radio would work up country? Like around 100 Mile House, reception up there is really, really not very good. And yeah. I just wondered if, if if it would if it would work or is it only for like close by like to Vancouver? Yeah, that's a great question. Do you do you actually receive CKNW up there regularly? No. 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 So you're not going to be able to I would res- like to. Yeah. Sometimes it'll come in, but then it'll go. Yeah. Do you have internet access up there? Yep. Yeah. So uh I think the best option for you would probably be to get the uh the chorus uh, radio app for uh, a smartphone. Uh, or tune into Chorus Radio through the cknw.com website as well. They've got a listen live yes. feature there, so you can actually stream it right through your uh, your computer. Uh, again, how HD radio works, uh, from what I understand, uh, is that it's actually piggybacking the HD or the high-definition signal on top of the regular analog signal. So if you're not getting the analog signal, it's not likely you're getting the, uh, the HD radio signal uh, either. And one of the advantages of doing that is like you don't need a subscription, you don't need an internet connection because yeah. those radio waves are out there. It, like you said, it's piggybacking off that to provide a crystal clear HD sound. So, uh, but you need to get an HD receiver, and that's all the newer cars have it. But you could also buy HD radio receivers for the home as well. 
a lot of different manufacturers are starting to sell them, and people are slowly starting to add them into their homes. Yeah, there's a a website for those people interested in getting uh, something for their home or a little portable one, uh, for that matter. It's myhdradio.ca. Again, myhdradio.ca. So, uh, again, from my understanding, you have to be able to get the the regular uh, radio signal. If you can't get it, that's not going to help you out. But I recommend like that chorus radio app on smartphones. Amazing. I love that thing. I use it all the time because I just get a you know crystal clear uh, reception of any of the chorus stations, whether that's CKNW or Rock 101 mm-hmm. as yeah. well. And uh, again, you can listen live through your computer. Uh, just go to the CKNW uh, website and uh, listen through that. And again, it's crystal clear, yeah. which I, I think is uh, uh, fantastic. Any cool gadgets this week, uh, Andy? Well, we've been doing a, a you know a lot of reviews. Uh, you're actually on Monday going to sh- show something that's going to solve a lot of people's problems uh, with not iPhones. Enough, yeah, not enough storage on on your smartphone, whether that's an iPhone uh, or Android phone. Uh, for iPhones, it's a little more difficult because when you buy your iPhone, you're stuck with how much storage it has. You got to make a decision. Yes, and you got to really think about it. And what bugs me, is, I know why Apple does this. They have a 16 gig version, and then you go up to 64. There's no 32, so yes. you so it's a big jump. And so a lot of people think, oh, I'll just get the 16. It's not enough. And it's not enough. No, my wife has one, and it is not enough because she takes photos all the time, and it is full all the time. So, you know, there's a couple things, uh, and I'll talk about it uh, with uh, Steve Darling uh, on uh, Global Morning News uh, on Monday. Uh, you know, obviously there's iCloud. That's one solution to make sure that your pictures are constantly being uploaded and saved that way. Uh, but we also have little devices that you can plug into them as well yeah like a lot of people are familiar with flash drives usb flash drives that they use to like you know move uh files from one computer to another there's really a company that's making a flash drive for iphones yeah it uses the little uh lightning connector that works on the iPhone. so you would connect it and then you can basically move files from your iphone to this little hard drive to then transfer to your computer or you can move content from your computer onto this little hard drive to be to view on your iphone so it's a little great way to to circumvent and bypass iTunes altogether to move content to and from your your iPhone. So I'll uh, I'll be covering that. Uh, so you, you'll want to tune in to uh, Global uh, BC Morning News. Uh, I think I'm on around eight fifteen or eight twenty uh, Monday morning. So I'll be talking with uh, Steve Darling there, and uh, we'll give you some tips on how to. Uh Make sure you don't run out of room. I have a feeling we're going to get a lot of emails after that because everybody <laughs> has storage do. issues with their phone. I know. It's crazy. You know, it's important. If you're buying uh, any type of smartphone nowadays that uh, can't be upgraded uh, with memory, uh, you got to make sure you get enough storage. I know it's a little bit more money, but, uh, you know, believe me, you'll wish that you had done it in the first place. Exactly. Or you're going to have to get a subscription like Apple's iCloud yes. to kind of move your content. But uh, 16 is just not enough, especially when you have a 4K camera on a device. Like you can you can fill that up in almost like a day if you took some photos and videos. I want to thank all the folks that helped put Get Connected uh, together uh, for the radio and the television uh, side. Of course, Andy Barr, my co-host and producer. Uh, other guys on the team, Yolanda, Sherry, Paul, Wes, uh, all fantastic help in uh, getting this great content out to the listeners and the, the viewers uh, as well. Don't forget, uh, hit our website. We've got some great uh, video content up there, how-tos, product uh, overviews uh, for a lot of the tech stuff out in the market today, www.getconnectedmedia.com. Mike and Andy for Get Connected Radio, logging off. We'll see you again next week.